Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast made by us and brought to you and your ears. I'm Stuart, and I'm running the game tonight. And don't mind me, I'm just uh, just shoveling some coal into my steam engine. Choo-choo-hoo-hoo! With me on this transportation device is Alistair Hill. Ali, how's, how are things chugging along for you? Oh, it's, it's hot and sweaty in here, Stu. I'm going to seductively wipe the oil and grease away from my forehead and uh, shovel a bit more coal in as I play the part of Kenny Mullet, an empathetic yet haunted young man on a quest to find out more about his weird poker powers. On Kenny's Pokemon team, I'm going to go, this, I always go in the same order with this. I'm going to go in reverse order and see if I can do it. He's got a Komoo called King Thrush, a uh, Joltik called Fleek. He's got a Spiritomb called Swirly. A Honchkrow called Fedora. Uh, a Salandit called Hoops. A Gyarados called Moustache. And last but by no means least, a Dartrix called Bowtie. I'm going to shove this uh, this sexy camera over to the sexiest man of all, David Leavesley. Welcome to my dance tutorial for Doing the Locomotion by Kylie Minogue. I'm just here in the buffet car performing a small eight-step routine. Finally! Finally, <laughs> finally in the, in the buffet car! car. I... Yes! Victory! <laughs> Three arcs later and we finally include a buffet car <laughs> after doing 25 episodes on a train. Hello everybody, I am David and I play the sardonic, I was going to say enigmatic and empathetic and then realised, nope, that's another character, uh, playing <laughs> the sardonic former Church of Slowking member, Theo. And on Theo's team, there are a Medicham, a Swadloon, a Kabuto, a Togekiss, a Combi, and a Barbarical. Some of them have nicknames, some of them don't. Sometimes it changes, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I'm great with proper nouns. But you know who is great with proper nouns? It's the most proper noun of them all. It's none other than the Daliest Dale, Tom Dale. And as you all look up and the camera zooms out and enlarges, you realise you're all part of Tom Dale's train set. On the train track, I'm about to put down... Brandy. That's right, that's who I'm playing this week. Surprise! You weren't expecting that! Brandy is the ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon Champion on a quest to turn her father back from a Celio into a human. Uh, on her team, to help her do that, she has Wimpy, the Lopany. She has Gary, the Skaroopy. She has Snorleone, the Munchlax. She has Flower, the Meltan. She has Dr. Buddleby, PhD. She has Lightning McQueen, the Carcol. And she's got a whole lot of gumption. Zoom back in to Stu and his train. Right, here we go, just chugging along. Nothing nothing bad could ever ever happen on this train, right, Ali? David? <laughs> we're all good. We're... Oh, good God, there's a giant woman on the... No, 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 Tell me what happened last week or I crush your train! Previously on Critical Ditto. You have been making your way through Well E towards the Church of Slarslow Chaplaincy. What we are doing here is we are trying to pretend yeah. that we are members of the Church Conclave. And the reason why we are doing that, well, fundamentally, we came here to try and find the Tome. Team Helsing, who do like to kill people with poker powers, are also in this prison. I mean, let's not forget that Candy is imprisoned here. Denver Phillips is imprisoned here. Two church acolytes are hurrying through the, the circular corridor, trying to get towards the main central room. Where are you off to in such a hurried man? We're going to the, the central room where Mr. N is conducting the ritual. The ritual has been burning for over three days now, yes? I guess we go to the ritual. A figure with thinning hair, Mr. N, is pacing nervously at the very front, and just behind him is this pulsing rift in the fabric of existence. The portal itself looks similarly ragged, as if its grip on this point in the universe is slipping. There's sort of three or four rings, and they're kind of moving like the rings of a lock 
on a bank safe. The old, do you know what, what that rift could possibly be? Those rings that we're seeing on the floor, those are the rings of a church ritual. So the suggestion is that I guess they're trying to open some gateway. Mr. N there is one of the most powerful people in the church. If anybody's going to know where the tome is, it is him. Mr. N was looking for help with the ritual and, and Theo just strides over to Ooh. Mr. N. Careful, you might you might disturb one of the rings. I think that Theo looks at these rings and almost without being able to stop themselves just goes, Poker powers. I know, we could use poker powers, but we don't have the poker powered. I can't lose her and it's been too long. This thing is about to collapse. What are you going to lose? Mrs. S, she's gone after the third tome. I think Theo looks up at Kenny and then turns to Mr. Ren and says, give me five minutes. If there's someone stuck in that rift and I am the only answer, then we can, we can cut the bullshit so we all know how this is going to pay out. But I don't know what's going to happen after that happens. I've got nothing else. We all know I'm going to do it. If anybody is going to be able to do this and survive and do this well, it is Kenny. Ritual Circles and Their Practical Application A dissertation by Mr. N. U-Rank An extract Rifts, Portals and dilation-adjacent ephemera. Discovered in wall paintings said to date back to the Formian Byzantine era of shamanic tribes, the existence of ritual circles has become a closely guarded secret within the Church of Slaslo. For as long as ritual circles have been remotely understood by practicing church scholars, their purported ability to create temporal pathways has been a point of fascination for many. However, despite this fascination, most ritual circles especially those with a reality-altering bent, remain purely theoretical in our understanding. As one expands into more thorough research, we discover suggestions of ritual circles that seek to bend the very universe around them. They tease us with their application, tempting us like Primarina, promising avenues to reach the unreachable, prove the unprovable, yet also threatening to destroy the fabric of reality if things go awry. In the following subsection, I will make the argument that there is a place for practical application of reality-altering circles in the Church's research, and that the dangers of engaging with them directly can be mitigated with the implementation of enhanced poker-human abnormal hybrids, or poker-powereds, to coin the cultural lexicon. If we apply the understanding that certain Pokémon types and species are necessary for much of what we know about ritual circles, see footnote 16 for Mrs. W's excellent work in this field with her Malamar, we can therefore theorise that certain levels of poker power could be harnessed for the stabilisation of ritual circles with the power to affect reality itself. I have secured a very willing and able test subject, a church member from the backwaters of Surfloat Tower, Samantha, E-Rank. She is passionate. Ambitious, fiercely intelligent. We've only met twice, and I'm already of a mind to recommend her for the vacant Southern Compass Point spot when the annual Sloking Jewel selection takes place. I certainly cannot wait to work with her. If we prove what I believe to be true, then the future of not just the Church, but the whole Formian region as a whole may be about to change forever. We hope you enjoyed this extract from Ritual Circles and Their Practical Application by Mr. N. To listen to the full version, as well as the hotly anticipated Gary Smoke follow-up autobiography, Smoke Without Mirrors 2, Smoke on the Water Type, head to auditwebble.com and start your free trial. My word. So Samantha is Mrs. S. Samantha is Mrs. S. What a glow-up.
We open in the Church of Slaso chaplaincy, an annex within the core prison. From the back of the central prayer hall slash lecture theatre, Theo, Brandy, Hannah and Tallahassee Bingeworth watch on, their faces illuminated by the intense spectrum of blues and purples emitted from the vast portal that threatens to burst out from its current location, centre stage at the front of the room. Their gaze, however, is focused not on the rift, held loosely in place by two struggling Bahiam and Mr N's countless runic formula, but on their waif-like sallow-skinned friend Kenny. Kenny is dressed, as they all are, in traditional church robes, as he steps deliberately down the lecture theatre steps, past the oddly athletic chaplaincy acolytes, towards Mr N and the pulsing anomaly. Kenny, what are you doing? Kenny, I guess, goes up to Mr N. Hello, I'm Kenneth Mullet. Oh no, I'm not! Damn it! Um, I'm someone else! I forgot my name, who I'm supposed to be. Call me Bond. James Bond. <laughs> Wait, how much is that is canon? I, I, I just would like to know as Mr. N. How much was maybe distorted by the portal noise, possibly? Call, uh, just call me Kenny. I'm not good at espionage. I'm supposed to have a different name, but actually I'm coming to you as a poker-powered person and I know there are people at this prison that are going to try to destroy me for being poker powered so I feel like I may as well just put all my cards on the table I'm poker powered what? apparently you need some poker powered assistance wait 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 wait. you're you're poker powered but you're, you're you're in church robes your name is Kenny I don't know you I've never heard of you I mean I'm a pretty big deal but okay I've, I've been locked in this enclave for for weeks oh. like a long time yeah we used about eight eight hundred and sixty two candles that's a gratuitous amount of cash. Ah, ah. It is gratuitous. It's, yes. It's how we measure how we measure time down here when we're really working. You're a church member. You'd know From that. what I know of the church, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yes, yes. Anyway, you're a poker powered. So my friend told me that you were waiting on Luan. You know where she is? No, but the warden of this prison sort of equated me and her, like, as we are as dangerous. Mr. N starts rushing through papers beneath him, looking through it. Oh, it's got to be here, it's got to be here somewhere. Hang on, hang on. And brings up this this list of poker powers, which we, we talked about. Sort of known, infamous poker powers. Tom, who do you think created this list? Uh, did the church create it themselves? Have they been keeping track of poker powers? Or is this something that they've managed to get off uh, another team or the league? What do you think? I think they had this list first as they were able to use Slowpoke to identify people around Formia. They weren't ever intending to like gather up these poker powered people. It was more to help with their own projects, you know, their weird poker power recreation projects of so the items. Yeah, the like... conduit stuff. Yeah. Might I suggest that the person who wrote this essay and started looking into like rift based escapades might have started noticing the link between poker powers? Oh, so it's Mr. N's personal list. I think that's a good idea. I think oh, I like Mr. Yeah, N's okay. personal list. But I do think Mr. N has had to give over the list to Team Helsing since Helsing took over the prison. Mm, uh, as in, nice. like, make a copy. Helsing wanted to kick Mr. N out. That's how Mr. N struck the deal. Yeah, it was like, oh, okay, nice, as a deal, nice. I'll give you this list of poker powers. If you let me keep on doing my research in here. That is Bonza. David, is Kenny's name on the list or is it not? Maybe Kenny's name is not on the list, but maybe 
there is somebody with a defining characteristic that we know as part of Kenny's poker powers that is on the list. <laughs> is it just a really bad caricature of Kenny? <laughs> like, it's just got a massive nose. <laughs> it's like, just... I think an eyewitness tried to describe Kenny by his outfit, and it is this horrific, this huge fedora, tie-dye, bow tie, but it's all it's all completely random. It's, like it's grotesque. Because you've it's never seen the person. Mm. It just looks nothing like Kenny. However, Kenny does have... And, in, and an extremely square jaw <laughs> like like overly square jaw handsome squidward style <laughs> yes so mr n kenny is looking over this this piece of paper wait wait yes are you are you kenny muleri <laughs> is that you you don't you don't look anything like your picture can you just can you just stick your chin out a little bit as much as I'd, I'd love to pretend to be that very um, well-dressed, handsome man, I, my name is, is, is Kenny Mullet. I, I mean, if you want, I can prove that I have poker powers. Mr. N grabs the front of your church robes, Kenny. And it's, it's quite aggressive, but it's not aggression directed towards you. It's just the actions of a desperate man. As a church person, I have so many questions. Why are you here? How did you get in? Why are you not pronouncing your name correctly? I can't tell you how desperate I am for answers to all of these, but right now, they do not matter. What matters is stabilising that portal. And if you're who you say you are, and you have the power you say you have, then I think you can do it. The question that I have for you is, are you willing? I, I don't know how to answer that with a question, but, like, yes, I suppose. But what, what do I have to add? I do have a question. What do I have to do? Have you ever tried to tickle a behem? With a blindfold? Because if not, you're in for one heck of a ride. Who's this guy? <laughs> it's me, I'm the Behem Tickler. Yes, you need me, right, Mr. N? This is how we stabilize. Or have I just been doing the wrong thing for the last three days? Vlad, I'm going to be honest, this was the only way to keep you occupied when you weren't getting juice. Why did I wear the maze outfit then? I bought this specially for this door slam. He spent so many of his podiums on that. <laughs> I, feel, I feel for the guy, actually. Kenny. Yes. I wish I could give the answer to that. Truth is, I don't know. My research with Mrs. S never taught me enough about the intricacies. And I myself am not a poker pad. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to be in those runes. I can only say that she seemed to imply it was just something to do with instinct. When you're in it, you'll know. You've always got to trust someone in, in a Pokemon world whose name is N, huh? <laughs> Mr. N's face takes on a greyish hue. Sloking, our lord, has placed you here for a reason. And against my better judgment, I have to believe that that reason is good and worthwhile. So please do what you can, please, for me, for Mrs. S. Look, I'm, I'm trying to keep a positive attitude because I'm a little bit scared, but I, I am willing to help. I have never had this lack of control in my life before. And frankly, it's terrifying. Not being able to control something makes me feel sick. I can empathise with that, trust me. <laughs> can my friends, like, come up and help at all? They're good, I promise. They've saved my life many times. These runic circles are fragile. I think it's best that you do this alone. Well, sorry guys, I tried to involve you in the scene, but apparently it's just a <laughs> Kenny episode. Kenny, we will find our way into the scene. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure of it. Okay, show me where you need me to go. And Mr. N gestures to a runic circle that currently stands unoccupied between the two behem. I mean, David, you said that the circles are moving. 
Are they not? Are they in motion? Yes. So actually, Kenny, it's like a revolving door, and you've kind I've of got, got to, to run around. You've got to jump in at the right <laughs> point. Yes. I've got to jog around in a circle. <laughs> oh no, missed it. Missed. It. I'll get in next time. Next time, right? Here we go. All right, this is the one. This is the one. <laughs> Kenny somewhat nervously approaches the empty rune on the floor, glances back at Brandy and Theo, and I mean, how are they looking? What are they doing? We're talking to this guy in a maid's outfit. <laughs> wait, wait. Vlad had a second maid's outfit on under their maid outfit that they threw away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was my second one, my second option. I couldn't decide between the two, so I decided to wear both. You could have worn one in the morning, one in the afternoon. That's why I don't understand. Why would you wear both all day? Listen, I, I don't have to explain my fashion choices. No one no one asked you to explain your fashion choices. You came up to us in this big huff about <laughs> yes. how you couldn't tickle a behem with... A feather duster. Now, I do want to turn my attention back towards our friend who might be going to their impending doom, but how far away did you throw this original maid's outfit? Is it maybe still <laughs> intact in some form that I could maybe pilfer? Not the time, Mildred. Not the time. Ah, it's nice to know they're so worried about me. <laughs> Disarono, <laughs> look, we need to focus on what's going on down there. Uh, let's see how Kadri's doing. I, I, I just hope he kept up the facade and didn't reveal his real name. <laughs> It feels like an appropriate time to do a roll. This has got to be a weird roll, right? I'm I'm hoping. I think they're circling, constantly missing each other, these two circles. You know, they're not quite lining up. Kenny stands in place and they freeze. They go perfectly still and they like speed rewind back and slow down until eventually it starts to glow. But it's waiting for something. Maybe Kenny starts to sort of glow with, in the same colour. And I think he, he closes his eyes and... I, He's going to ask for advice from himself, Pete and Tukey, his own instinct, yeah. Oh, don't ask Pete. Please don't ask Pete what his instincts are telling him. Pick up the maid's outfit, <laughs> I think roll, and we'll see We'll see where, We'll see see how this all shakes out. So I'm rolling a weird, which is plus two, and I've rolled a two and a four, plus a two, so that's an eight. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, why Skin of teeth. It's a very much mixed okay. success. So your intention with this, Kenny was to try and stabilise the portal. Mm. So I guess you do that. You stabilise the portal, which is to suggest that if it was instable and was going to possibly disappear or close imminently, that is now no longer going to happen. You've, you've extended some time, which is good. As you're stabilising the portal, Kenny, the light and the, the vorpals of light that are emanating from the portal zap and zip sending light to the very corners of this lecture hall theatre, the spinnerack that occupy the webs in these dusty corners, scatter, spin, 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 The cost. Tom, feel, this, might be, this, might be, this might feel like just like a huge hard move against Brandy. But Wait, what? I'm not putting on the maid's outfit. <laughs> Brandy dies. Brandy dies. What it, it might feel unfair, Tom, but I'm going to say this. Brandy <laughs> dies, and her ghost then dies. <laughs> what if... <laughs> it's a mixed success but if, if Kenny stabilises the portal and Kenny's actually doing a good job following the instinct the colours that Kenny is emanating are the same colours and Kenny's like oh my god you're right uh, Mr N it was it's it's instinctive I'm in the circle and I just feel it I can feel the pulsing of the behem but Brandy's in this really nervous state because you said Tom you were on the you were on the lookout for anything that might even think about going wrong so maybe you just see something in Kenny that you think you perceive oh my god it's going wrong Oh, okay, I see what you're getting at. So the reason that Kenny, like, stabilises it but it goes wrong is that Brandy perhaps interrupts it. Well, I was I was going to say you, like, f accidentally fall into the pool. 
You trip you trip on the maid's outfit or something. If Brandy gets sucked in, suddenly Theo and Kenny are like, what do we do? Problem that? solved. <laughs> <laughs> if we walk away, they walk and away. say nothing. Of planning and we pulled it off. Yes. Mr. Ed rips off their mask. Adri for months. Oh. Wow. Hannah, <laughs> welcome to the trio. <laughs> <laughs> in that way. Kenny has succeeded. He stabilised the portal. But the mixed success is you've lost something. One of the sort of mixed mixed success hard moves is, but you lose something in the process. Maybe the thing you lose is Brandy. Okay. Brandy charges down to Kenny. And from Brandy's perspective, it doesn't look like it's going well. So what do you see, Brandy, that spurs this action? Kenny shrouded in the same colour as the the circles. But it's, you know, it's a dangerous rift portal. Colourful lightning bolts almost jetting out of Kenny and freezing the runes and the circles. A spooky face comes out at one point. Spooky face. It looks terrifying. I think Brandy charges in and Mr. N tries to step in the way. Don't don't get too close. Get out of the way. Get out of the way now. You don't know him. Stop it. You don't know him. Brandy jumps straight past Mr. N and I think she touches Kenny. Kenny, Kenny, stop this. Stop this. Remember who you are. It's out of control. I'm saying it now. I'm saying stop. Please, for me, stop. And then she touches Kenny's arm and then is shocked back and forced into the portal. So, Kenny and Theo, the portal licks out like a solar flare and takes Brandy. She's gone in a flash. Nice. Pure, uh, yeah, in a moment of pure brightness. Where once Brandy stood with her pink hair and church robes flowing, she's no longer there. She demanifests. But the portal takes on a more stable viscosity within the room. The lights become a little bit dimmer. Kenny, you are just coming to... I don't think you've totally understood what's happened. You've been in a sort of fugue state, communing with the portal and with the minds of the behems. In the mind state, can Pete and Tuki be tickling the bellies of the behems? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That's the instinct. (laughs) Well, I am so glad to be out of there. You have no idea how weird things got. (laughs) Hey, where's Brandy? (sighs) Theo, you've you've seen everything. Oh, oh, I have. Theo in full in full maids outfit. Oh my! Um... Strangest thing is, Theo, that's not the weirdest thing I've seen in the last fifty seconds. (laughs) Well. Prepare to get out weirded because it looks like we're about to step into another universe through a wormhole because one of our friends just got vaporised. Fun, oh, fun fact. Was it, was it Tallahassee? No, I said one of our friends got vaporised. <laughs> oh no, Brandy! <gasps> She's not here! Yeah. It's quiet! <laughs> I'm as scared as you are. I don't know what you just did, but I don't want to just run in there. I don't, You know, fools rush in where... Can every, everybody, and everybody just step... Back, you, you, the one with the veil on. I can't see her face. Just please. This is why I said I didn't want people to get too close. This portal is, well, it seems more stable, which is fantastic. But I don't even know where it leads. I'm sorry, but I don't care. One of my best friends just fell in there. Theo, come on. You know there's only one way we're going, right? You know you could get stuck there. I know. I I could have died just helping... I can't go in after you. I know. I don't care. I know I could have died just helping you save someone that I'd never even met. Why would I not risk myself to save someone that I love? Theo, I'm going in five seconds whether you're coming with me or not. 
Theo takes a second and looks at the portal and then looks at Mr. N and says, what just happened to our friend Brandy? Would that have happened to Kenny? You're talking about theoreticals, and I work in absolutes. I thought we were supposed to be asking questions. Mr. N has no response. And at that, uh, Theo turns to Kenny. I almost lost you, and it looks like we just lost Brandy, so I guess I have to lose myself next. And Theo just jumps in. With Kenny. Absolutely. Hand in hand. Hand in hand. Hannah's rushing down the stairs like, guys, shouldn't we think about this for a time? Hannah, Hannah, what I've learned about those three, they're inseparable. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm I'm, here with you, Telehethi. Okay. I'm going to be over here shooting some hoops. I trust Brandy, <laughs> they'll be fine. And if they're not, well, I'll just invoice the ship for my fee. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? All right, David says to plow on with the midsection. David's frozen in ice. <laughs> what shall we do? Well, I've got this pick here. So my only worry is obviously it's a long pick. It's a large pick. And if I hit the hammer too hard, I could I could skewer him. But is it worth the risk? No, I don't think it is because I like David. I say it depends on the quality of the midsection we're about to do. I could go into his midsection. If, if his midsection is good enough, perhaps maybe he'll the unfreeze. It needs to be a real hot midsection, if, 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 if you hear what I'm saying. It's got to be fire. I'm talking straight fire. And luckily, the midsection we have on offer today comes from a Pokemon champion tier of the Patreon, Ginny. Thank you, Ginny. Their character is Mimi Megamite. Mimi Megamite is a girl of about 16. She's really very small for her age, has short blue hair that sticks up in all directions, and is probably a bit singed most of the time. Mimi wears huge round glasses and bright yellow overalls with a blue tank top under it. She's always got a bunch of tools lying around as well. Mimi is an inventor who works for one of the teams, probably either Nautilus or Team Helsing, the Pokemon League, or maybe General Phillips. She makes them ridiculous gadgets. Her pride, however, is the steel ghost-type Golurk called Mark X that she made herself. It has handles attached to its back so she can hold on and fly on it. As such, she recently determined that she's going to be a superhero when she grows up. Love that. Absolutely love that. So are we now saying... David! Sorry. David's unfrozen, guys. The, <laughs> the midsection was hot enough to unfreeze the ice sculpture. Talk to me about Mimi. Here's a thought. We met a character very, very early on in the campaign called Bubblegum, who was somewhat associated with Team Helsing and was handing out Pokeballs in Surfloat Square uh, during the candy presentation. And also, it seemed to be implied fiddled with the AV system to allow the Helsing broadcast to hack in, uh, so seem to have some tech knowledge. I'm wondering whether we just retcon Bubblegum to be Mimi. Oh, M- Mimi Bubblegum Megamite. Maybe Bubblegum is Mimi's hero name. If she's got aspirations to be a superhero riding on a Golurk, she needs a cool superhero name. Maybe that name is Bubblegum. And she is she is Helsing's tech whiz kid who's been working on the poker-powered scanners. She made the scanners. Oh, my goodness. Which is dark. Well, that begs the question, why did Mimi join Team Helsing, or was she recruited? Mm. If she's super young, perhaps they were just the first people to give her a chance. I like that she got recruited by Team Helsing early on. I have a feeling there was a science fair situation where Team Helsing did see the potential and snapped her up early. But I think she's actually kept a bit in the dark about what's going on yeah Yeah, that makes sense she's not frontline 
I know Bubblegum was at the announcement of Team Helsing, but perhaps was just told to play it and then put some headphones on. I guess this begs the question, what do people outside of the cast, like our characters, think Team Helsing is? Because Team Helsing is involved in like most parts of society in Formia, Mm -hmm. but we know that they are an evil terrorist organisation. But like to other people, are they like... UKIP? Are they like what? What do they appear as to other people? Team Helsing to me sounds like a kind of superhero because you know Helsing, like Van Helsing, the demon hunter. But yes, I would say that Team Helsing officially at this very point in time are like closely associated with the Pokemon League, which are the governing body of Formia. And Pokepowers have done some mad stuff, like blowing exactly. up the stadium in the O'Hara incident. Feels very much like. These are people with powers that need to be stopped. And the PR on Team Helsing is very good. So I can imagine someone believing that this is the way to help their country, help their region. And I think maybe Megamite perhaps fall into that. And also, what a great opportunity to create a vast array of gadgets. Maybe we can think of a a new fun gadget that she can create that we can throw into our world whenever Stu deems it fit. Uh, A gun that kills Pokemon. The, the Kenny bomb, where she just presses a button and Kenny will die. Kenny dies. Kenny's got a small pill. He doesn't know it yet, but it's inserted into his left temple. We know that Tallahassee Bingeworth contains an ability to suppress poker powers. Perhaps there's a way that... A reverse? Yeah. A secret reverse that only she knows about. We've got options there, haven't we, Ali? Yeah. It could be like a, a reverse deadener, an emulsifier. Is that, is that the word? And a mo- <laughs> like, a, like a mayonnaise. <laughs> And if you have a great character suggestion, like Ginny, please email criticalditto at gmail.com. And if, like Ginny, you want to jump the queue, which Ginny has, I know this episode will air, I'm going to say about nine months after Ginny sent this in, but I promise you they have jumped the queue, okay? Um, If you would like to jump the queue as well, please join our Patreon at the Pokemon Champion tier and get loads of other amazing perks that I won't tell you about now. Go check it out at patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. David, now you're unfrozen. I can't remember when you froze. How long have you been frozen for? Uh, it's been approximately 3,000 years. Um, David, how do you like my new bionic body? You know, I did prefer the old one, but there are there are some benefits, I imagine. There's some corners here. <laughs> yeah, some, you know it. There's some. I'm boxy. enjoying the hibachi on the uh, on the on the torso. Very handy. Am I am I unsettling as just a puppet on a string? Oh, you've changed apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't okay. know. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Ali, cut your strings. Cut your strings. See what happens. Snip. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> I can do any improv I want now. I'm no longer on the rails. Who's that Pokemon? It's Spinarak. It's Spinarak. Right, everyone, you are sucked beneath the surface of this portal. There is a rush of noise, of blood to your head. Your synapses are firing in every neuron of your body. For a second, it feels like you're falling, or it's like you've been thrown to the side by some invisible catapult. Direction is totally meaningless. Kenny, it's very familiar to you. It's that same sensation that you'd had when you were falling through time and space, going back to see Gratuitous Candle. You could scream if you wanted to, but you know instinctively that no sound would be heard until suddenly that silence is an external silence too. You've stopped moving. Uh, Your head is spinning, but as the light and the white fades and you begin to get your first glimpse of where you now are. The first thing that each of you notice is that you are alone. 
So I think let's start with Theo. Uh, so Theo, question to you. What for Theo is the most important room or location in Theo's life? I would guess it's probably the central library at Surfloat Tower. To remind myself mm. and, and a listener, this would be the library in which you found the secret the secret room with the tapestry yes. beneath it. It was like cylindrical, a series of mezzanines. It was lit by sort of a quartz or a prism. And yes, there was a dungeon in which there was a tattered tapestry that conveyed the history of the Church of Slaslow. It was part Leonardo da Vinci's workshop, part Beauty and the Beast yeah. library. And how, how big was the room? Is it the room where the tapestry was or the full library? The the room that was important to you. So probably the full library. Yes, I would so imagine. let's say the full library is probably yeah. about seven stories high. Gosh, okay, so it's yeah. quite big. It's cavernous. Yes. It's very thin, though, because it was in the tower. It's quite narrow. <laughs> okay, then, Theo, who do you see on the the fourth level on one of those big old spinny ladders getting a book down? And, and why does it shock you? Theo sees Hillary. Okay, so Hillary, Hillary was this small, older. They had like a long beard and moustache. Yes, yeah, it was sort of ratata esque in demeanour and posture, uh, but kindly face, older face, a face that you are familiar with, maybe not as familiar with as you'd have liked mm. to have been. But you see Hillary above you, maybe not four levels above you. That was that was maybe too far. <laughs> Just I don't I don't want to do this entire scene <laughs> shouting Hello! across four. Le- Hello there. <laughs> Theo, good to see you. I thought you were dead. So maybe Hillary is on the same the same level as you, Theo, and they are just picking through the the books and look to be looking for a very particular uh, one. I think they've already got one in their hand, and they're looking for another one. Oh, I'm sure it's here somewhere. Um, hmm. yeah, it's down a P, down three, four. Hillary. Oh, Theo, you're here. Oh, wonderful! I was just looking for the uh, for the second book. Do give me, do give me two seconds. Hang on. Mm. Ah, yes, here it is. And they remove a book from the shelf and carefully descend from the ladder. They seem quite corporeal, Theo. They don't seem willowy. However, you, Theo, would know you have you have no memories of of Hillary actually within the Surfloat Library. It's not like this is a recollection for you. This is a new person in a new space. I'm so glad you've managed to make it, Thea. How are you? I, I mean, I think, I think my answer's going to change based on where exactly this is. Hmm. It's difficult for me to answer that, Thea. We are in a between space. Where you end up will depend on a choice that you make, Theo. Come with me, come with me. And they lead you to a, a table where tea has been set out. And Hillary gestures for you to sit. Perhaps we could, uh, we could share the tea that we never got to to share in life. I mean, I'm I'm a bit dehydrated. That's uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Um, I named a swadloon after you, by the way. Um, I appreciate it. It's quite yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually don't nickname any of my. It was quite a pertinent. Is it a good swadloon? It's a very good, you know, very good swaddle. Okay, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um. Okay. Don't you have a toka kiss on your team? <laughs> Could have been the toka kiss. Yes. You know what? And if if ifs and buts were were candy and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. But apparently, you are a corpse talking to me <laughs> in purgatory, and I'd quite like to just have a cup of tea because I'm freaking out right now. All right. All right. Drink, drink the tea. Thank you. Drink Thank you so here. much. 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding around. I'm sorry. I, I know I should be more serious in this moment. I, I understand it must be strange for you in mortal form to see me. I should explain. Please. I am a guide in this particular realm. I am both Hillary and not Hillary. My point is, Theo, there are two ways you could go from this point. And Hillary lays the two books down on the table. I think they have the King's Rock emblazoned on them. The title of one book is Sacrifice, and the other is Suffering. Oh, hello. Hillary blows their tea and takes a sip. I shan't rush you, Theo, but, um, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of books here we could read. But I think these two are the ones that you're going to want to study. And what do I do with these two books? These books are a representation, Theo, of a choice that you're about to make. A choice of suffering or a choice of sacrifice. You can read one book, Theo. If you choose to read the book of suffering, you will suffer through the mistakes that you've made in your current life and you will continue to suffer onwards in pursuit of goal that goal being the third tome however you can choose the path of sacrifice you could sacrifice the current timeline Theo and you can go back to one point in your life where you regret everything and change that Yes, you would lose everything after that point in your life. You would sacrifice the world as you know it. But you could change something that haunts you to this day. Theo, I have ideas, but I want to know from you. What, what is this moment? I feel like you know, Theo knows instinctively already what this moment is that Hillary is referring to. But what is the moment in Theo's life that they wish they could go back to? Do you know what? It doesn't even have to be in Theo's life. Just a point in time where they could make one choice. Killing baby Pokemon Hitler, I think. Exactly. It could, it could be. Could be killing Surge, stopping the Pokemon War. I think. <laughs> I guess the I guess the moment then is for Theo is the night that Surfloat Tower was destroyed and not going with Kenny, but instead. What if they now knowing what was going to happen went and attacked the Nautilus ship? Oh, I see. When and. Evacuate. Or evacuated. Oh, okay. One or the other. One or the other. Yeah. Like no, I love Theo's instinct. <laughs> just, it's just to destroy burn the, the ship, ship down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's to say what Theo would do with yes. this moment in time? But okay. that is the moment in time that yeah. is offered by the the book of yeah. sacrifice. Is is it basically saying, hey, sacrifice the current timeline to go back and change mm. this, or continue suffering on and get the third tone. Well, get to, get to yeah. Progress towards the third Get term. to the next clue to the third Oh, this pyramid term. scheme. Then you've got to, that's on, then you've got to do the ring hoops. <laughs> oh, then you've got to do the Then you've jumps. got the, the, yeah. the Grinch's three challenges, including the slalom. <laughs> you've got to do the slaloming. Why did you think there were some basketball characters you could have along with you? Did I, wait, did I say we're in the library? No, no, it's Space Jam. It's Space <laughs> Jam, guys. You got sucked into Looney Tunes. Come on, Star use. Outrageous. Oh, that too, too good. good. Too quick. Okay. So I'm presented with these two books. I think Theo looks at those two books and looks at that book of suffering and thinks of all the pain that they have experienced of the of the dead acolyte and, and Hillary's own death and even losing Brandy just moments ago. 
realizes that all of that would be worth it. And so Theo looks up to Hillary and says, you know how most of Formia doesn't really understand most of the things that we do or believe or say. They don't get why we sacrifice gender or why we always ask questions. They judge us for all the decisions that we make. I've spent so much time since I joined the church thinking, what if I could stop the one moment that really hurt me, that made me think that I was worthless, that made me think that I couldn't be both strong and smart, all of those moments. And then I realized that there is no one moment that makes our lives good or bad. Being different and being someone who suffers means that every moment is a moment that changed our lives. So I'm sorry, but there is no book of sacrifice because there is no one moment in my life that will change the flow of my life. Every decision changes the flow of my life. So make me live all of them again because I won't change a single one of them. I so wish we could have known each other longer, Theo. I'm very proud, but that does mean that this is goodbye. Hillary pushes the suffering book towards you. It's been a real pleasure just having one more moment before the suffering begins. And Theo opens the book. Kenny, 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 Kenny. The setup of the scene is going to be quite similar, but we do need to know what is the most important room location in Kenny's life? It is the bow of the flash mullet where Brandy, Theo, and Kenny had all those nighttime chats. Oh, so it's quite a recent location. I love that. Okay. So, Kenny, you open your eyes and you find yourself on the, the bow of the flash mullet. Are you in the sky or are you on the sea, Kenny? I think we're in the sky. It feels nighttimey. I I don't know why. It is but... because they 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 always met at night. That makes sense. Okay. I think there's three glasses on the floor. The ship is slightly creaking as it floats gently through the nighttime air. The air is cold, but not too chilly. Just enough that you'd want to wrap a blanket around your shoulders, Kenny. And you see the regular spot where you're sat. Maybe there's some cushions out with the drinks. Kenny, you see one person in this location. Who are they, and why does it shock you? Too much to say, I think it's Barry. Ooh. I think it's Barry Bolcut, but it's the Barry Bolcut of Kenny's memory. It's a nice Barry Bolcut. It's Rowlet Plushy Barry. It's Rowlet Plushy Barry. He's he's holding a Rowlet Plushy. Barry, before we decided to do a crazy heel turn. (laughs) Brandy and Theo are Kenny's best friends. So it surprises Kenny that Kenny's first friend is on board. He has no reason to doubt him yet. So, Kenny, from behind, you see this bowl-headed haircut and a blanket is wrapped around Barry's shoulders. You hear just a... Oh, my my goodness. (laughs) This cocoa's amazing. (laughs) Oh, that that was actually mine, but you can have the rest of it if you want. I'm sorry. I I just saw some steaming cocoa and I was a little bit chilly. I just decided to... Don't blame you. It's okay, I've got I've got Rowlet plushie to cuddle in with to uh, keep warm on the, on the deck of a flying ship. <laughs> Look, Rowlet plushie, you're finally flying. If you could see my Rowlet now, 
Oh, she's a lot bigger. She's not even a rowlet. You're Kenny, yes? I am. I feel like I know you, but like in a different life. I feel like I know you too. Is your huh. name Barry? Yeah, Barry. Barry Barry Bowlcut. <laughs> That was you. Your yep. hairstyle was picked out for you at birth with that, wasn't Listen, it? I, yeah, there's not much more I could do with no, that. Is there? Just, very much you know, confined. Yeah. I don't have that problem. What? Do you know what? <laughs> it's, it runs in the family. And speaking of family, I'm so thankful. Yeah, I sometimes resent my mum for cutting my hair just like that because of my name. But I just, I'm just happy she's around, you know, and I get to, I get to be with her, you know, because if I, if I lost her or my dad, I, in some kind of, you know, horrible accident, that would. Well, I don't like to think about what would happen. But anyway, join okay, me. Okay, that didn't feel specific think... at all. Let's sit down and enjoy the cocoa. Speaking of specific, I'm getting this weird thing. Maybe it's something you get when you first make a friend. I don't know. I haven't done it many times. Right, Rowlet? Rowlet can't speak back. What am I doing? <laughs> um... I can in this realm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was me. I, I did the voice there. I'm sorry, Kenny. I Sometimes I do that. I'm getting this weird desire to, like, give you a choice. Is that weird? I'll play along. Um, what are your two, What are your choices? Yeah, it's a game, right? Yeah, a game. Just that's a, game. a way to make friends. Okay, I was going to say that the two remaining drinks were the the like the choices. If 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 Theo had the books, but then I like the fact that the books were related to Theo, and the drinks aren't really related to Kenny. They're related to Brandy and Theo. So, what do we think Kenny's choices are represented as? Pete and Tukey. Great. Barry puts the Rowlet plushie down, and it's like, just stay there for a, stay there for a sec. Uh, and gets out from behind Kenny a scolopede plushie and a two cannon plushie. Barry says, this is going to sound really weird, but Barry holds out these two plushies and he moves one towards you, which is the two cannon. This is the path of suffering. And then he holds out the scolopede. This is the path of sacrifice. If you choose the path of sacrifice, you'll be able to go back to a moment where you could change something. Something that awful happened in your life that you could change and make right. If you choose the path of suffering, you'll stay in this timeline and carry on towards the third tome and the King's Rock with all the pain okay, well, I want and everything you've experienced in life. Do you, not, do you not want to hear what you could change? No, Barry, I, I don't. Everything that's happened as a result of the worst thing in my life has been good, ultimately. I'm scared to think of what the world would be like if I if I hadn't hurt Dora, if she wasn't in pain. And deep down, I think I, I think she'll be okay. What, if I go back and change that, and then I lived in my life, who's to say I wouldn't hurt her again? Who's to say I wouldn't do worse? I'm on a mission, and my mission is to get the third tome, and you've presented me with an option where I can do that. So no, this is not a hard decision at all. And Kenny just grabs the two cannon plushie before Barry can even get another word in. Also, this one's like nice and curved and actually the scallopede is quite a spiky plushie. If I'm going to hug one of them, you know, I'm sure you could understand, Barry. I'll be honest, this is actually a knockoff scallopede. It's not even a scallopede, it says scolliopede on the bottom, which is really <laughs> weird. I don't even think it's an official plushie, Kenny, so... Only people weird. who don't know anything about Pokemon would do that. <laughs> and the scene disappears.
Brandy, you end up you end up back in the toilet <laughs> in the in the, the most special annex. place. That's the most special place for Tom Dale. No, Brandy, what is the most important room or location in Brandy's life? The most important location in her life is Surfloat Beach. It is where she spent most of her life. You know, where she learned to swim, where her and Gary had their first kiss, Aww. where she would make sandcastles with her mum, with some of the town's residents, and it's it's where she first met Theo and Kenny. Great. So, and what time of day are we talking? Hottest time of the day. One, one o'clock in the afternoon. So sun is high, it's pretty blistering, not a cloud in the sky. Brandy, as the waves are lapping... And that salty smell is entering your nose. You can see a couple of palasan just going about their business on a lovely, clear day in Surfloat. Who is the one person that you see in this location? I had so much time to think about this, and, I, and yet, yeah, I still it's, it's really hard to settle on a person. I had it down to two. I had it down to either Heron or General Phillips. I was. I'm only thinking like, oh, we haven't seen Heron for a long time. Yeah, let's um, let's have Heron. Heron's a shocking. Okay. To see. What is Heron doing? Why is that shocking? Heron is... That's a, that's a dangerous question to give Tom Taylor, isn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Heron is in a full wetsuit with a swimming hat, big glasses goggles, a rubber mm-hmm. ring and armbands, and Heron is learning how to swim in the sea Great. and struggling, which is what Brandy's mind would come up with, I think, for, okay, right. for Heron. So Heron is splashing about out in the sea. Not enjoying himself. Not enjoying himself at all. You can see that 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 blue hair is poking out from the front of the wetsuit. It looks very awkward, very uncomfortable. I love that Kenny's was so wholesome with Barry. And Brandy's is just like, ah, humiliating. How can I shame Heron? (laughs) (laughs) Heron loses one of the flip-flops in the sea and haphazardly makes his way back to shore. Coughing, spluttering. David, what Pokemon does Heron cough up onto the uh, Uh, the sun? uh, (laughs) An (laughs) NK. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's so slimy. <laughs> Are you going to get sunburned if you don't put some sun cream on? I don't have any sun cream. I just thought I'd mention it. Great. It's just a, just a good tip for me there. Yeah. That's fine. You could use all the shade on this beach. You think I need? You think I need tips? I am on track to become the fastest trainer to become Pokemon champion in the Formium region in history. You, you understand? That is an achievement that is within my... <coughs> that is within my grasp. I, well, I can see that, but also you need to learn how to swim because the eighth gym is across over there, and it's like the floating fish restaurant, you Fishy Swaz. You think I don't know? You think I don't know that Fishy Swaz is the eighth gym? You think I, well, that's why you've got to learn to swim, and that's why I'll catch up with you because it'll take you a long time to learn how to swim, and I'll get there first. If you want to find out more about Fishy Swaz, join our Patreon. Oh my God! Yeah, Fishy Swaz is a bonus. <laughs> it's so it's so lodged in my brain. There is no way that you are getting ahead of me anywhere, whether that's swimming battling or even in this weird space that we why am i why am i on a beach why am i in a wet well why am i Heron, why am i wearing I was, three rubber rings i was going to ask you the same question because last thing i remember is well getting zapped into a portal wearing church robes and now i'm in my very nice swim swimwear beach brandy which is lovely um on a beach with you i'm not hating it but also i kind of need to get back to my friends so i feel like i am me and i'm also not me it's strange I don't like strange. I like to know things. Oh, I, like I don't sure want a car- Oh, how many men have to talk to me about their existential crises? <laughs> this is just like Gary Smoke every Friday night. Brandy, I, I feel like I know you, but do I know me? I, like, it's annoying, guys. Okay. You're annoying. Listen, I'm getting a feeling there are two boys in the water, Brandy. They're the same boys 
that Andros would swim between when he was training mm. and turning the into Easter Goldberg. eggs this episode <laughs> are just it's a deep dive really Literally. towards the, the long time listener yeah the two boys are bobbing 30 metres from shore Heron says I think we should race the question is which boy do we race to Brandy race Heron there's no way you're going to beat me look and Brandy gets in the water and starts swimming sort of into between the two of them you can't even join me out here Heron straps on two extra floaty rings has now got five rings around his midriff oh I'm worried now he's got five rubber rings that'll increase his speed paddles out next to you Brandy listen those those boys are not the same and it's like as I said it is Heron but it's not Heron and he seems to speak with a certainty in his voice which disarms you Brandy because how would Heron know this one of them is the boy of sacrifice and one is the boy of suffering one of those boys will lead you down the path you're still on and you will continue to suffer in this timeline with every mistake and every piece of pain that you currently live your life with. Which I imagine for you is a lot because you're a disaster. <laughs> the other is the boy of sacrifice where you can sacrifice the current timeline and live again with something changed, something different. Would you like to know what that is? Oh, this feels very, very mystical. This feels very weird. This is more Theo and Kenny's bag. You just have to swim to a boy, Brandy. You spent the last 15 minutes talking about how good at swimming you are. I'm not doubting I can get to the boy, but I feel like I'm not swimming to a boy. I feel like I'm swimming to something way more important and way more significant that's bigger than I could possibly imagine Um, or ever know with the experiences I've had. Brandy, across the bay, a noise starts to punctuate, and it's the noise of a a Celia. And it's distant, but you remember that that's where you'd, you'd play with Celia out in the bay. Even before Heron has told you, you know that the boy of sacrifice would take you back to the night that your father was turned into a Celia. Oh. Heron looks you in the eye and goes, I see you understand the situation here then. And there's very little left for me to do because I'm a busy, busy trainer and I have a Pokemon League to win. So I think you need to make your decision quickly so that whatever this manifestation of me is can get on with my life and get out of this water. Wait, what, what happens though if I go there? If I go and I... You sacrifice the timeline, Brandy. You go back to that point, you change what you want to change and... What, life just goes on from there? That's it? Everything ends? Everything begins? I don't know, Brandy. Why, why would you? Why would you give me this choice? Why would you tell me that I can change something that's that's ruined my life. I'm going to say it. Ruined my life. Something that I think about every day that I didn't, I didn't want to think about. And then since I found out the truth, I think, why? Why does one person with an unknown agenda, why do they get to decide that I don't have a dad? Things would have been different. I would have actually achieved something with my life if I'd have changed that. And why does, why does that have to come at the cost of everything I've learned from that? It doesn't have to. You can change it. Where does, where does Brandy swim? Brandy says to Heron, you're awful, you know that. You already know what I'm going to choose, don't you? Yeah. I never want to see you again. And I hope I never see Kenny and Theo again because I don't think I could face them after this. I have to believe that they'd understand. She swims and touches the boy of sacrifice. The boy of sacrifice. And as soon as Brandy's wet hand lands on the orange metal of the boy... 
as Brandy commits to changing everything. The beach disappears. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast up until now, because now it looks like none of it is going to have taken place. Oh, time travel. It's it's a spooky place to go, but it looks like Brandy has committed to uh, destroying everything we've done so far. So thanks, Brandy, whoever whoever's playing you. Thanks. Okay, we were enjoying this podcast, and now it's all turned on its head in Stuart Clark's spooky portal realm. But yes, she is going to go back to try and stop her dad from becoming a Celio. Let's see what happens. Let's just wait and see what happens in two weeks. I think this this episode was a wild one. Uh, we saw some old characters, which I really enjoyed. Lovely to see Heron, Barry and Hillary. Just there. Just, you know, just good to see some good characters back in the fold in a mystical realm. Um, this is the part of the podcast where I say thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you sticking with us so far into this journey what is this episode 50 something uh, and it's amazing that you're here still invested in the story and still coming every two weeks to to find out what's taking place and if you're doing a binge if this is 30 years in the future and you're doing your critical ditto binge now i hope the future's good i hope we don't mess up the podcast well i hope brandy didn't mess up the podcast with this choice um thank you so much for listening if you enjoy the podcast and want to help us in any way please do talk about it on social media share it tell a friend that you're enjoying it and that they might check it out uh, when they get a chance because we'd love to have even more people involved in enjoying the story as much as we are i would also like to give a special thank you to our patrons these are the people who um are able to sign up to our Patreon and uh, we really appreciate all of you so we've got we've had a bit of an influx recently so i would like to massively thank Alex W. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Crispy. 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 I'm just going to go with Crispy rather than that, whatever that voice was. Thank you, Huxley Spicer. Thank you, Beth Chivers. Thank you so much, Jam. Thank you, Heather Snell. Thank you, Megan Taylor. Thank you, Betsy Lewin Lee. Thank you, Darius Joukowsky. Thank you, Pokerdash55. Thank you, actually, D.W. Hollins. You know what? No. And you know why. No thank you. Audrey, thank you so much. Ellie Lieberman, thank you very much. Jeremby, thank you very much. Turtle Lover 2244, thank you very much. Carrie, thank you so much. Hyacinthus, thank you. Scott M, thank you so much. Dr. Megaman PhD, thank you. Hi Killy, thank you. Thank you to Keiko Pin Cosplay. Thank you to Big Fat Nuke, Jonah Jackson, thank you as always, Trigula, aka Aurora, thank you so much, Josh Anderson, thank you, thanks to Alchemage, thanks to Cesar Trevino, thank you to Force Majeure Pod, thank you so much to Crandon Creations, who, by the way, has just dropped some new arc artwork for uh, Sky Attack, uh, which we commissioned, so thank you so much, Crandon. Thank you so much, Eric, thank you, Millamoy. Thank you, Ginny, and finally, thank you, Alastair Collinson, a.k.a. The Game Master. There is so many people to thank. 
That is a long list. That is a really long list, and we genuinely appreciate all of you. Um, I'd also like to thank um, Michael Sands, the creator of Monster of the Week. They are not a patron yet, but they did create Monster of the Week, which is the basis for Pocket Monster of the Week, which we are playing. And now that we've hit our Patreon goal, we are going to start properly trying to nail down an actual game. I'd like to also thank Satoshi Tajiri and Jinitsi Masada for creating Pokemon. Thank you both. Really appreciate that. Again, if you want to become patrons, either of you, that's absolutely fine. We're we're welcome to that. This is where I should point out that we are a not-for-profit podcast and um, we have no affiliation with Game Freak, the Pokemon company, at all. I'd also like to thank the wonderful Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective for the great tunes you heard in the podcast today alongside glitch x city who also contributes some great tunes check them both out i think they're both on spotify and youtube respectively so do do check them out because the music's amazing uh finally i'd like to thank ali david and Stu for being great great people to play with and uh, i'm sorry that brandy has decided to destroy all the hard work we've done up until this point and finally Go catch them all. And by all, I mean your dreams. Samantha was in the podcast, right? She wasn't. She wasn't one of our uh, Patreons. Samantha's in the podcast. In one of the few episodes I've listened to, oh, Samantha yeah. is in the oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> David only <laughs> listens to the Samantha episodes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Sam Stan. <laughs> Sam Stan. <laughs>